It's quite amazing. Ask not what your cosplays can do for you. Alright, welcome everyone to the Haas Boys Podcast. Thank you for joining us. To my right, I have Mike. Yo, what's up? And to my left, I have Brandon. Oh, hello. Not Parker. Parker is lost hiking in the mountains. And I don't know which mountains. Hopefully with bear spray. Hopefully with bear spray. Be safe, Parker. We love you. Parker is very resourceful. He could fashion anything out of a stick and kill a bear. From what I learned, he could actually get that bear's audio perfect. <laughs> he could. And a lot faster than me. <laughs> we have missed Parker because the technical skills he provides are uh, great. Valuable. In- invaluable. Yeah, very valuable. Uh, but so we have a wonderful guest today, Brandon. Yes. Um, who is wearing a missing winning Ferrari shirt. Love yes. the shirt. Yes. It's the best shirt that we've had on the show. Yeah, shout easily. out to uh, Blipshift if you uh, if they bring it back, check it out. It's the the old Mission Winnow, which made no sense. No uh, sense. Yeah, the old Mission Winnow livery, which mm-hmm. I'm glad is no longer there. So wonderful play on the logo. Yes, yes, and still appropriate to this day, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. In the past, we had Kevin, who was a Aston Martin Canadian fan, mm. and we thought to balance it out, let's get a Ferrari fan mm. on who also loves Haas. Yes. Of course. But before we dive into Brandon and talk Ferrari Mm. and missing winnings, Mm. we wanted to follow up on an email that we got, which is exciting. This comes from, I don't know if our listeners remember Trevor. He was asking about how to get into racing. 14-year-old, how to learning, trying to figure out if it's too late for him to start racing. Do you remember this guy, Mike? Yeah, he was a younger kid. The, he wanted to get into karting. You just explained what I said in well, different words. But like you asked me. <laughs> so like, how was I supposed do to? You do you remember this kid? Yeah, yeah we remember I, this kid. He's anyway, he's he just wrote in to give us an update. He found a local electric kart teen league and he's been racing there, which is really rad. Super really awesome. Cool. And what does he say? He says he's qualified second out of six and finished fourth and he's sticking with it. That's awesome. Like, I mean, the first time that I went out and raced at things, okay, let's be honest, that was a natural. I kind of oh, took advantage. The humility just, is what I love it the know, most. But, it's the uh, humility. But hey, you know, it, it doesn't come natural to everybody. But that's amazing. You actually went out. You did it. We love when someone's committed to their actual dream. Yeah. So, so Lewis, cool. I mean, Mike. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Parker is his name? Trevor. Trevor. Trevor, Trevor, well done. So he hopefully will keep us updated as the months go. Um, and we hope his career and his lap times get better. We yeah. hope to be talking about him on this podcast someday. Yeah. Driving for Haas. Mm. So thank you to Trevor for writing us in. And if you want to keep writing us questions, we might answer something on this podcast, but keep writing in or just telling us things. You don't have to ask a question. If you just want to tell us things, send us drunk stories. Um, we are down for all of that. Shifting gears to the main meet, um, Brandon, our Ferrari fan. Ah, Brandon. Yes. When and why Ferrari? When did you start watching and why Ferrari? Ah, see, that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah, as as a Tifosi, as a fellow member of the Tifosi. Can you be a Tifosi and American? Yeah, you can. It, it, it's a very painful baptism uh, that you have to go through. <laughs> 
You have to do the timing belt service on a 355. Uh, that's that's what you have to do to become a, a true Tifosi. Worst uh, thing in the world. No, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I started following pretty closely back in like 2007. So I'm not like a diehard, but I am a diehard, I guess you could say, because Mike and I were talking about this before, and probably the same thing for you. Like there just wasn't Formula One on American mm. TV before like 2007, 2008. I mean, it was there, but it was on random channels at random times and DVRs weren't quite invented yet <laughs> or perfected. So, but for me, I've always been a Ferrari fan, like the goat, you know, of, of all street cars ever made for mm. me is a Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, and it's the F40, you know, that is it the is car, the a gorgeous, gorgeous the car. quintessential car. It's you, twin turbo v8 and some amazing brakes and and kevlar composite and that's that's it yeah there's no driver's aid there's nothing it's just pure purity it's a real dream boat yeah if you is. know what i mean yeah and someday we'll I, I mean there are some people who own them here in utah but uh you know maybe the Stradman or some of these mm. youtubers will will see the light yeah i got to photo one once yeah and uh it was the closest i've ever been to Something so perfect. Yes. But uh, something for our listeners is a piece of information. I, I went to a Luftgegolt event with Brandon. Yes. And we went down to... Side note, I'm stepping in real quick. Um, we have two car experts here. Yes. It yeah. has gone from being lopsided to me and Parker, who know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Making fun of Mike. So now Mike has a friend. So this, this episode will be very car heavy, and Mike can nerd out with a friend who can nerd out. Yes. So... We'll go back to this Luftgegolt story. Yes. Yeah. Don't take the microphone away from me Whoa, ever again. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we're sharing a microphone because I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> so, no, as uh, Brandon and I went to a Porsche event in California known as Luftgegolt, which is the German word for air-cooled. Yep. So it's an old air-cooled Porsche event. And while we were there, we went to the Peterson Museum. And I, I kind of like to think that I know a thing or two about cars and also like heritage. And admittedly, I am probably the equivalent of Brandon in the Porsche world Yes, that he is for Ferrari. Yeah, he is. And so something that was f so crazy is we went to the Peterson Museum and as we're kind of like strolling through, we go to the basement and we're doing this tour. Yeah, the vault. Yeah, the we vault were in the tour. vault. Yeah, and do it if it, you go. Yeah, it's so cool. So and cool. Brandon could see something across the room and he started rattling off these Ferraris and these crazy numbers. <laughs> And I, I literally sat there for a moment and I was like, I had no idea that this existed. Yeah. That there was this car and it's there there was some excitement around that because it was so early in the Ferrari business and things. So and the only reason I tell this story is to illustrate Brandon's modesty in his like depth of Ferrari ness. Yes. Like the F forty, he's talking about it. He's like, Oh yeah, F one was hard to watch on TV and all these things, but like don't underestimate him. <laughs> I had no idea what I was looking at. It looked like another Austin Healey or something round headlight, big grilled in the vault of this. It, the only difference that it had was the crimson red that it was. Yes. I can't remember if that was the 125S or the 166M, but I, I think, think it was, it was the 125S, if yeah. I remember the number. I mean, that's the first. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. That's what Enzo built. I mean, that yeah. car was amazing, and we saw it. So Google it. We'll probably include it maybe in the show notes or yeah. on Instagram, but- definitely a super interesting car and it definitely spiked my interest in why i was like oh well, somebody's so excited about this 
googly-eyed yeah. Ferrari across the room. I well, should probably do some research. Yeah, and it wasn't just like the, the rich and famous type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's more like the 166, I think is what we saw there. It said no touching, but of course we touched it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't tell the Peterson Museum. The Bye beauty me. of the vault. My name is John Smith. Um, <laughs> yeah, His please. name is not Brandon. Don't ban me. Yes. <laughs> but, but to answer your question, what got me into Formula One was just the story of Ferrari itself, right? Enzo Ferrari, World War One comes around World War II, and he's he's building cars. He wants to be a car builder, but he falls in love with racing. He loves everything about racing, and all he wants to do is go racing. And so, to pay for it, he starts building cars because he comes he becomes well known for his engines. Right? He builds these amazing V12s. Mm. He builds some amazing cars. He raced for Alfa Romeo, I think, is what it was. Wow. Uh, yeah, back in those days, he did some racing. I think it was in an Alfa Romeo. Because, yeah, I think it was that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other. No, it wasn't Maserati. It might have been Maserati, but it, it, I think it was Alfa Romeo. So, yeah, don't quote me on that. Uh, so I failed in Ferrari history just off this this moment here. But the whole fact that he built a car company to fund his racing, I absolutely loved and respected. I thought that was amazing. They call him the El Comandatore, which is the great leader, I guess you could say, not not directly translated, but the leader, like the 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 great chief, if you will. Mm. And whenever you go, if you go to Marinello, like he is deity in in Marinello mm. where they build Ferrari. And it is, you see why. Like the whole it's in BFE Italy. It's a like it's the B hole of Italy. It's not really pretty. It's mm. not, it's like just flat land. And there's this beautiful little town with an awesome little church in the middle, but then there's Ferrari everywhere. Mm. Like the there's the manufact the road car manufacturing, the F1 team. Thankfully, is across the street. You know, especially this season, we need those two separate so mm -hmm. that they have the road car has good strategy. <laughs> Let's keep the road car strategy good. Let's keep the F1 separated. And yeah, that's that's where it just made me fall in love with. It. I always loved the cars. Like I I saw a 308 when I was I think four. You know, 1980 something ish. I'm I'm kind of older than you guys. I won't uh, disclose my full age, uh, but I saw 308 uh, at the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon, and I just jaw to the floor and fell in love immediately. The sound, the like screaming V8, mm. the high revving, small displacement V8s. I just fell in love, and then obviously Magnum PI. Growing up with that on, you know, you see a 308 every night on freaking NBC, and you're gonna fall in love. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what brought me into the Formula One-ness. And it wasn't really until 2007 when Kimi Raikkonen won the championship that I, I started to follow it religiously. Cool. And what's what's I would say unique about me is I'm also a Lewis Hamilton fan. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, right? So unique. You're like one of five? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I'm a Ferrari fan and a Lewis Hamilton uh, the fan. the duality. But I'm not a Lewis Hamilton fan boy. So ah, okay. I will criticize him. He is a douche, but I think he's an amazing driver at the same mm -hmm. time. So I think some of the arrogance that he has, he has earned. Some of it, not so much. As we were talking about, I think sometimes it's the car. He just knows where to be and when mm. to be there, you know? So sometimes it feels like there's, there's definitely a lot of amount of luck involved. Yeah. Yeah, and what a great choice he's made for for the companies he's gone and driven. Yeah, for. absolutely. I mean, he's he's he was born and raised in McLaren, a Ron Dennis prodigy, if you will, and he did well there. He was right there with Fernando Alonso, and so much so that Fernando hated him. You know, literally hated him. Right, and parked it in the pit stop in two thousand seven. <laughs> yeah, and we then, recapped that once yeah. on the on the podcast. You should see the TikTok. Oh. People got so mad at the way that I recapped that. Oh wow! Because I left out a small detail, but they were ah. they were. It's because there's a lot of Lewis fans. Oh, so, I gotcha. But to your point, you know, the Lewis fan 
is uh, a lot of Lewis fans, at least, tend to be this very, we'll put it this way, I actually love the parallel of music. And Max likes music, so maybe I'll put, this is a way that I can include Max. And I've I've made this comparison before, but when people are Pink Floyd fans, Mm. there's nothing but Pink Floyd. Yeah. Right? Like, they're the only band that's ever existed, and they are the most epic. Yeah, Neil Peart is God. Right. Right. And, and yeah. it, there's just no one who's ever touched it. Yes. The same way as Neil Peart. Right. And so... <laughs> two different bands. Oh, I, I messed up. Neil Peart's Rush. Oh, see? But Rush is a perfect parallel. But see, I was testing you. But the Rush fans are just the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Neil Peart is God and Alex Leifson. And... Yeah. See, that, right. I was just testing. And it would be Good David. Job, it, would, it would be. <laughs> it would be David Gilmore. Gilmore right. Roger okay. Waters. Roger Waters. Oh, and David Gilmore. Go. I was like Neil oh, Peart. Okay. I'm like, I think it's Rush. But anyways, to your point, right? These bands. Uh, Rush is just, you know, the 80s version of the 2000s muse. These, yeah, yeah. these fans are obsessed with one band. Yeah. And Lewis Hamilton fans tend to be this, they only see the Lewis Hamilton show. Yeah. Which is great. I, I love them for it and they add to the sport and they add a, a layer of why I love the sport. Yeah. Because I am I respect Lewis a lot, but it's almost more fun to ruffle the feathers of a Lewis Hamilton fan yeah. because of the way that they behave. Yeah. But anyways, to kind of that point, I think that, you know, a Ferrari fan who likes Lewis Hamilton and sees him for everything that he is. And again, I'm like such a, we've always talked about this, but the ambassador that he is for the sport is irreplaceable. No, it's amazing. And I feel like a lot of the success that the sport has seen has really been because of his success, but his presence as well. So to uh, ask a question, also maybe make a music analogy. So going back to Ferrari, for like a, if I was to compare Ferrari to a band, I think like ACDC is an amazing rock band mm-hmm. because they never made like a slow song or a romantic song. It's balls to the wall rock right. 24-7 Correct. every album. Yeah. So is Ferrari similar in that they've never made a car other than the fastest car and most gorgeous car they can make? Is that a fair assumption? Ferrari of old, yes. Yeah, but if if we look at the modern times, right? The top what's the you know, what's the top selling Lamborghini right now? You guys know? I would believe the Urus. The Urus. That is the SUV. And is guess, Ferrari bowing down to SUV they pressure? Are, they are launching an SUV next year. The Persa. I can't even say it. It's it's so Italian. And ACDC is releasing a Slow Jams yeah, album. They're doing a freaking uh, Yacht Rock. <laughs> they're doing Yacht Rock. So She shook me all night long. Yeah. But no, you're... you're To Yes Flute. Yeah. Yes Flute. <laughs> No, you, but you're right. Like that's there. There is some of that element to the Ferrariness, but obviously mm. times change, and so do companies to to get that almighty dollar. So, but no, on the F1 side, that's the other thing of a Ferrari that's uh, captured my my imagination and my fandom is they've been in the sport almost the entirety of the sport. They're the oldest team in Formula One and have participated, I think, in in almost every single race from its inception. So. Uh, that that mystique, cool. that history is 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 just awesome. So what's uh what's been your impression this season? We kind of talked <sighs> about it last week <sighs> about Bonotto, yeah, and and where they might be going wrong. How Ferrari kind of treats its drivers compared to how they treat their team and the car. Yeah, what is your unfiltered thoughts? Yeah, well, I think my shirt you're missing winning says it all. Like we talked about, yeah, the missing winning. So, but this this was and it's it's kind of funny. I don't. Uh, I think someone said that, like for being a Ferrari fan is like being a Man U fan in Manchester United. It's like this is our year, right? <laughs> it's so close. The uh, meme of the year for me was the uh, like couple in bed 
Right. You know, this is a fairly inappropriate meme, but right. it's uh, the girl's like, tell me, talk to me like you're stupid. Say something that just, just sound, makes you sound stupid. <laughs> yeah. The guy says, this is going to be Ferrari's ear. Ferrari's She's like, ear. that's perfect. That's perfect. Ah. Yeah, it just kills me. It's so funny. But nah. yeah, it's it's very much that parallel. Yeah. it's But yeah, to have the start that we did as a Ferrari you know, team and a manufacturer was so promising. Very promising. Charles Leclerc or-, or uh, Chucky Leclerc. Chucky Leclerc had a really strong performance and Carlos Sainz is, is getting used to the car and doing really well. And they started out strong and the strategy looked good and the, the drivers looked good, but then they do what Ferrari does and they- amassed pressure on the drivers and that's you know that comes mm. with that mystique of this is something i haven't really heard yeah they pressure however they the, what's that mean ferrari never does wrong it's kind of like lewis hamilton fans because lewis hamilton can never do wrong right it's like oh well this happened it wasn't lewis's fault you know and as a lewis hamilton fan and a ferrari fan imagine how i felt in 2008 when lewis hamilton won his first championship on the last turn in brazil and stole it away from Felipe Massa, the Ferrari driver. So Felipe was a champion for half I a just lap. heard this story for the first time last week. Yeah, 2008. I felt gutted for that guy. Yeah, everybody wanted to kill Yarno Truly because Do you want literally to he got quickly death explain that story? Because he was celebrating with his family. He was celebrating the with his family. The family was going nuts. Yeah. And then a Ferrari mechanic pointed at the screen because it was raining in Brazil. Brazil usually rains. It's 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 always a wet race. It's fantastic. And Brazil's a hard track, and it's not one of Lewis's best. Uh, he hasn't done... You would think otherwise from last year's race, but yeah. yeah. No, it, the car was amazing last year, and yeah. he was amazing. He yeah. is a great driver, but it wasn't his best. And he was back. I think he had to get sixth or seventh to right. take the championship by one point. And he was in, what, an eighth or ninth or whatever. He was one position back, and it started raining again in the race, and he had better tires and was just lapping people and catching up, gaining positions. And you, and hear, on, you hear Brundle. Yeah. Is that Glock? Is that oh, it's Timo Glock? Timo I said Yarno truly. Yeah. It was Timo Glock. Is that Glock? Is that Glock? Is that and then everyone's Hamilton. heart sinks. He spins. He gets a little wily. Gets he gets loose. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Timo Glock, not yeah. Yarno truly. Sorry, Yarno. <laughs> you don't get death threats now. <laughs> Probably are. Anyways, yeah, maybe yeah, from Haas Boys fans. I don't Timo, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Timo <laughs> Glock. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, he just Hamilton got it, got around him in the last corner. Well, basically, you know, that last corner is kind of a full, like it's like a three apex corner, big, big variable. There's, there's really left. no straight in Brazil, let's right. be honest. Um, and and he got it, but yeah, Massa had already won the race and was celebrating with his family. Everybody was just jumping up and down the Ferrari pits. They did it again, you know, this was, 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 was awesome. It was like Michael Schumacher is coming back. No, 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 and so I was gutted for Ferrari. But super excited for Hamilton to see him win his first championship. But literally, I think it was one point. Is I what think he, it was. I think it came down to just one point. And it was that one position on the last lap that that gave it to him, you know, and that was awesome to and, see that. And something that's kind of different, I think, for the fans of, you know, newer era yeah. is something that was way more common back in this time period Yeah, was the fact that a lot of championships were won and lost by a point. Yeah. It was a lot more common then yeah. than it is now. And I think that a lot of people who got so used to Lewis Hamilton's just absolute destruction of yeah. championships for the last 10 years, yeah. when it came down to the last race and the dra- like just the drama w- between him and Verstappen in Abu Dhabi, yeah. 
a lot of people were just stunned. They were in shock. Like this had never happened before. And, yeah. and all of us who've been around were just like, this happens. Yeah. This is racing. But we haven't spoiled recently though, too. Like right. it's been great these last three or four seasons. Like, yeah, it even has when been great. Vettel was with Ferrari and he had the shot, you know, the chance, and it went to Abu Dhabi. And even when Nico Rosberg won his championship against Hamilton. Hamilton was leading the last race. It's my favorite. And Nico knew if he went to pass him, Hamilton would crash him out and Hamilton would win the championship. So he never passed him. And so he slowed him up for Fernando Alonso, I think was with Ferrari at the time, yep. to get on the butt of Nico Rosberg, who was also battling for the championship, ironically. And it was just fantastic. So there was- I, I often refer to that as one of my favorites. Yeah. Just because in that era, it was also just so, there was such a gap to Mercedes yeah. at that point. Oh, dominant. And the just the sheer tension within the team. I mean, they wrecked each other out in Suzuka, I think is where it was. I, or even in Spain, I in know that Spain. they made contact and Lewis threw a steering wheel. He was yeah. so mad. Oh, the rivalry was fantastic. It was so good. And I'm like, and you never see these guys break and under pressure and throw a steering wheel. Yeah. I know that that sounds like maybe not that big of a deal, but these steering wheels cost a lot of More money. More than all of our cars yeah, put so together. Yeah, chucking this you know, $20,000, $30,000 steering, <laughs> steering wheel. wheel out into the gravel yeah. pit is like, ah. Yeah. But, but these guys also make $40 million a year, so I, they don't care. Yeah, 65 for Lewis. But yeah, he's, you know, <laughs> I think 80 is his new contract. But yeah, he's doing well. But no, yeah, it was, like I think we are in this kind of a new golden age of Formula One racing, which I love seeing all these new fans come in. And it, yeah, part of it's the drive to survive, right? You know, Netflix, which fabricates a lot of stuff in my opinion but they do a great job of telling stories like even as a newcomer to the sport who came in because of drive to survive that last season i feel like i can sense the drama being fabricated yeah it's pretty blatant yeah the first two seasons were fantastic very good yeah they i think they held true to most of the storylines second season there was a little bit of you know milk in it but i've been a ferrari fan ever since i got it really into the sport been a ferrari fan streetcar wise forever mm -hmm. yeah they were acdc now they're they're gonna be you know a little more yacht rock. Does Metallica have a slow song? <laughs> I mean, they yeah, do. Yeah. They do. What is it? Enter Sandman. Oh yeah, I'm that's like kidding. a dark slow song. <laughs> that was the song I played at my wedding. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> that was your first dance, huh? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so metal. So what do you see happening for Ferrari for the rest of the season? Oh my gosh. Well, they or maybe even to next year. So we talked about the pressure they put on the drivers. Yeah. Like they have this mystique. They've been in they're the longest standing team in Formula One. They do no wrong as a team, but we've seen it happen the last few Do you four think races. Chucky can take the pressure? Uh well, we saw him crack. So the way I look at this season, like uh I think it's been four on the drivers and four on the the team. Four mistakes each. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think I think we're kind of pushing that. I don't know how many races we're in, actually, but my math's I think we're at 13, which so, so plus or minus the drivers have, I think between Charles and Carlos, there are four wins and they've won. Yeah. So that's, so that, that kind of works out. Yeah. yeah I think that math there. checks out. Cause you know, in, where was it? It was uh, in Imola where, where Charles spun out on like the second to last lap, but he had a, you know, him and Max were 18 seconds ahead of everybody else. So that was his fault. Uh, but the team in Monaco screwed Chucky mm. really box, box, box. That's like, they're not even watching the race. Yeah. 
And it, we've seen that the last race was absolutely that. They screwed their strategy on Friday when they went out and practiced on the mediums like they did twice. So, so do you think that there, is it Xfinity? Is it Dish Network? Like what's the latency <laughs> issue it, like on the pit wall? I just don't, I just, you know, the episode of South Park, this is going back to when like the, the Prius first came out and everybody was buying a Prius and South Park made fun of it by showing everybody just kind of like ripping farts into champagne glasses and smelling them. That's what's going on at Ferrari and the strategy team. They're like, we do no wrong. Oh, ah, yes, I love it. It's delicious. You know, what's funny is we talked about this last week and I'm curious to kind of hear what you think of this, but I brought up that uh, Stefano Domenicali mm-hmm. uh, was team principal. Yes. And had been at Ferrari for a long time leading up to his uh, time to be the boss. Yep. And under his reign, Michael had a, or at least at his time in Ferrari. Michael had an accident. He broke his leg. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty ugly accident. And Michael's interview and all of the media that surrounded this accident was that it was just a fluke and that it was like a circumstance. It had nothing to do with the car, had nothing to do with Ferrari, and that he was going to come back. But in the interview, it was the first time that anyone had ever heard this. And Domenicali specifically said that the mechanics messed up and there was no brake pressure and Michael went off track and broke his leg. Yeah. But he didn't say that in the press. Yeah. And so it created, I felt like at least with Michael and I don't know if it was a Ferrari thing up until Michael, but, or maybe just Michael shaped this culture even further of the Ferrari can do no wrong. Yeah. And that there are things that happen, but Ferrari doesn't do that. Yeah. And I feel like Carlos and Charles are behaving that way. Yeah. And Sebastian did not. So here's where my question comes from. Right. All of these drivers seem to play the Scuderia Ferrari game, but we know Sebastian is a punk rocker. Yeah. And he just was never going to. He just, yep. And so what do you feel? Do you feel like that's the reason that he was kind of blacklisted by Marinello? I do. Yeah, I do. And I, I think there was, you know, I don't think uh, Drive to Survive covered much of this, but there was friction between Chucky Leclerc, Charles Leclerc, mm. and Benotto last season. Like, huh. it was clear at the end of the season that Leclerc was not the number one driver in Benotto's mind. It was Sainz. You know, oh. Sainz had an uptick last season in his performance and outperformed Charles uh, in the last few races last season. So, I think, yeah, I think that absolutely that's why Vettel kind of saw the writing on the wall. The car wasn't there. He was over, he was out driving the car. Like that uh, was close and we were close and we we're, you know, supposed to have it this year. This was supposed to be the year. And we, we did have it at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Drivers kind of cracked under the pressure. The team strategy just totally didn't exist and is laughable at this moment. Mm. Um, what worries me is Bonotto has been at the team since 2005. So we're almost 20 years with this guy in the team. But it's like the who's who of Formula One has been at Ferrari. Ross Braun was an engineer at Ferrari. John Tote, who's the FIA president, if I remember correctly. He was the team principal at Ferrari. Stefano Domenicali, as you mentioned, was there. Maurizio... Uh, Arriva Bene. Arriva Bene, yeah. He was, he was my favorite. <laughs> the Marlboro man. Oh my gosh, he was so awesome. He's just such like the <clears throat> silver fox, handsome Italian guy. Quintessential you, Italian. You just wanted him to be team principal. But he rallied the team around him. Like he did a really good job um, in doing what he did. And I felt like his his exodus was uh, unceremonious. I thought it was abrupt. You know, I thought there was more to it. And it wasn't his fault. And who was the chief technical officer at the time? Bonotto. 
So I think there's a common thread that we're seeing in Ferrari's lack of performance since, mm. since then. I mean, he was there during the Schumacher age, but since his leadership, you know, which I think is around 2012, hasn't been a really way, winning mm. bunch of years and seasons for Ferrari. So as a Ferrari fan and a Tifosi, I know that they're calling some, you know, Italian media is calling for his head yeah. and want him fired. And understandable. I I kind of agree. You'd want to drink that sweet blood. Yeah. And after after the joke of what was the last race, he said, no, I don't think there's any issue in our strategy department. We've mm -hmm. got great people, which as a leader is great to say, but it's, it's clearly evident there's something truly wrong mm. at Ferrari. And I don't know if it's, yeah, maybe they're just watching it on Dish Network and and have that, that 20 minute <laughs> delay. It's like they didn't even realize the race that Carlos Sainz was in for position and they wanted him to come into the box. And Carlos Sainz had to pull a Sebastian Vettel and say, no, yeah, I'm not going to do it. So here's my hope as a Ferrari fan. Yeah. And moving forward uh, after the break, they pull their heads out of their butts mm -hmm. and actually pull together a strategy that their drivers don't have to call themselves, uh, which won't happen. So we have to hope that the drivers can overcome the pressure, immense pressure that they're feeling right now mm -hmm. and and take it to max. And what's really worrying is Mercedes is coming back. Like they're yeah. they're gaining. You guys covered it. You know, they talked you talked about it. Hamilton's gaining steam. He's outperforming Russell the last three races, if I remember correctly. So I mean that the the pendulum they figured their engine out. They <clears throat> yeah. figured things out. And they do it quickly. Yeah. And I mean, Red Bull's untouchable at this moment, unless Ferrari can get their crap together. Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. You know, I do think that there needs to be some changes of Ferrari mm. uh, in the back office. I mean, look at Red Bull. They're poaching Mercedes talent left and right and have mm -hmm. been for the last three years. And so we're seeing that pay off. Ferrari, on the other hand, is like, no, we've had the same people for four years. We're just changing literally internally changing their positions that's what they that's what they did after the embarrassment that was 2019 i feel like the team that's getting the most from other teams right now the two mm -hmm. is that i feel like red bull's done a good job of poaching yep but i feel like aston martin is kind of a sneaky one <gasps> who keeps stealing people as well, well they got deep pockets you know they got that stroll money deep tailor-made pockets oh delicious yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> Tommy I do, I do think that's where Fernando's going, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and he knows how to drive a car still, in, even in his advanced age. He's older than me, which is ridiculous. Um, I would love to see him and Lewis in a Red Bull or in a Ferrari right of this year and just see them go head to head. I think it would be an amazing race. I think that'd be a great thing to see. Yeah. Um, one thing, I, one rumor I did see spouting off on Reddit that's something that you had come up with is like, what if Gunter went to Ferrari? He's been to Ferrari. I mean, he's, you know, he's worked with Ferrari in, yeah. in, a, in smaller roles. And let's be honest, we love Haas. I was gonna say, what, and we gotta, you know, let's address, get your opinion on Haas. Oh my gosh, I love it. I've wanted an F1, an American F1 team ever since I was like deep into this. And yeah. there, was, there was hope back when uh, Lee, uh, what was his name? Uh, he was a, a commentator for the Formula One coverage here in the US. And he and the former CEO of YouTube created what was supposed to be the USF1 team. And they had headquarters oh. in Spain. Yeah, this was like 2011 or 12. They had a website, they had a chassis YouTube.com. Yeah, yeah, the XC, the, after he sold it to Google. <laughs> so he was rich. Yeah, that's yeah. enough to fund a team. And it was so exciting. And they were going to be based in Charlotte, and, uh, and but then have their other home base, their European home base in Spain. And then it just fell apart at the 11th hour. Dang so, it. so I love Haas. I Great. Think, I think Gene is is brought, but what we need is an American driver to really mm -hmm. get us into it. You know, we got to have We're getting that. there. We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, I think that's one thing that we had wanted to focus on is that 
you can be a diehard fan for like the teams that you've grown up with. Yeah. But there's no threat in being a Haas boy as well. No, absolutely not. You can root for the home team too. Especially when they're Ferrari powered. And let's be honest, Ferrari nailed the engine this year. Like they are the Mercedes of this year. Because Mercedes up until this year were the dominant engine. Nobody could touch a Mercedes engine. So Right. And I think that's almost like just as like a quick side note, it felt like that's kind of almost what probably brought Bonotto to power a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Is that the engine at Ferrari has been strong. Yep. It there was a cheat and there, there was, was a small when issue Vettel there. was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were they were using a little oil yeah. or a little horsepower, just little gains here, or whatever. Or there. Just small gains, big. but yeah. you know. But anyways, I think that like you know, I think that's probably what's gotten him there. But to your point, I, I think the thing that I love so much is that like coming into the sport, I kind of love. I, I do love the ACDC nature of Ferrari and mm. their just full send behavior. Yeah. Uh, there's something about Red Bull that also is just like, I don't know, because of action sports and growing up and I shot motocross as a professional photographer, videographer as well, skateboarding and a lot of those things. Red Bull is a huge name in that way. So kind of love them as well. But something about Haas being tied to Ferrari and being, as everyone keeps calling them this year, the white Ferrari yeah. is kind of hilarious to me and just awesome. And the white Ferrari has this sort of Miami Vice tie anyway yeah so i'm like go ahead you call us the white ferrari as much as you want and uh it'll just be a little bit of cocaine and blazers yeah we're all about it yeah you know no i love it i I think i love what's going on at haas i love the this year especially i mean they've doubled their points almost and what they did total last year if i'm last year their points were zero yeah well i think they yeah so yeah that's right a lot they got two yeah yeah i think yeah we've been pleasantly surprised this year with how well they're they're performing and they were even performing before they brought the upgrades which is awesome so cool so cool so i i I think the second half of the season is going to be strong i think they'll be a real strong mid-pack contender like we've already seen so i think We could see, and I'm going to put this out there just so the universe manifests it, Mm. a podium. I would love to see a podium. Yeah, we've been hoping for that. So I think We're we're not just hoping for it. We're banking on it at this point. Yes. But I have a thought, and I have a question for you. Because of your involvement, I guess, or like your passion for the sport, where we kind of love Daniel Ricciardo. We're we're not very quiet about that yeah. in the podcast as being Haas boys, but we, we kind of love Daniel. Yeah, you're wearing a Daniel Ricciardo shirt I right now. I am guilty of wearing a, a Daniel Ricciardo shirt. shirt that is the ripoff of a Dale Earnhardt shirt, and it is just great. Yeah. But uh, and Max actually got this shirt for me, so we were going to give credit to Max. Yeah, good job, play. Max. It's but uh, one thing that I'm curious of with like Ricciardo, and you said putting it out in the universe and the energy here, and I feel like, first of all, I wouldn't want to lose Mick. I would love to have Daniel on the team. I think there'd be something, just something, in, something so incredible about having Daniel yeah. at Haas. So much more than having him end up at the Aston Martin Re- Retirement Community Center mm-hmm. or the Alpine, where he's just back at Ocon. And I just, I just, something about that just feels like a bit a step backwards, even though they're in a better place. Yeah. And so here's the other option that I've played, and this was definitely not on our radar of things to discuss, but I want to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Is there a Helmet Marco? Is there a way that Helmet Marco looks at Sergio Perez and says, you've disappointed me in this second bit before the summer break, and there's a spot for you at AlphaTauri. Does Daniel get a chance back at the old team? I know that Christian and Helmet are completely brutal, and they love youth more than anything. If Daniel had a holy grail, they would take him, right? But I feel like is there a chance, and I'm putting the energy out in the universe, could Daniel go back to Red Bull? Mm. 
What do you think, Brandon? Absolutely not. I think <laughs> I hate to hate to put that and just pull it right back from the universe. But I'm sorry, he burned that bridge with every match that he had at his ranch in Australia. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, which I don't blame him at all. It was clearly Max's team at that point, and it sucked because Danny was at the top of his game, you know, and really licking the stamp and sending it in every race. And mm-hmm. he still has that in him. He just needs to get the right car to match that talent level. The McLaren's not his car. Yeah. I hate to say it. And it's been proven Lando's outperformed him the entire season. So, uh, and if you look at the the salary disparity between the two, it's, you know, you can't really blame McLaren for doing what they're going to do. So mm. no, I, I hate to say it. There's Sorry, no Mike. chance, no chance in Hades that he goes back to Red Bull. It's okay. I forgive you. Yeah. I'm still just going to be over here just saying, Hey Christian, I know you listen yeah, we've gotten a obviously. lot of messages. Yeah, quit sending me pictures of Ginger. No, but I, you know, just, thanks for the just invite to the ranch. You know, we'll yeah. be there maybe next month. Better. Yes, yeah, yeah, maybe next month. No, if if Helmut, he's if, sending you pictures of Ginger. Oh, he's sending me pictures of Max. Hey, <laughs> really hot pictures. <laughs> you think they're neighbors for no reason? Come on. There is some friends with benefits there, but they're like George Russell. Their neighbors. They're George Russell pictures with no shirts. Yeah, of Max. Yeah, they're hot and steamy. <laughs> now, if, if if Helmet wasn't in there, Helmet, Lord Helmet, I don't know what to call him. If he, he wasn't, has a very villainous name. He does. It is. He an does. Ultra villainous name. Yeah, and he Helmet looks Marco. Ultra villainous as well. But I think if he wasn't as powerful as he is, there might be a chance. But Toto I, Wolf is pretty villainous name. Oh, he is. And he but looks Helmet like Helmet Marco is scary. Yeah. But Toto's like ripped. He's getting big. He's is, beefing. Is it just is it just me or is Netflix also wardrobing Toto these days? Because oh, like yeah. at the end of Net Drive to Survive with his like turtleneck his and things would be like muscle turtleneck. Every, everyone has a target on the back next year. I has the target on my back. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Last year we were at the uh, Grand Prix in America, the American Grand Prix. And uh, we went to the hotel the day of the race in the early morning mm. that all the Team principal stay. I mean, there's different hotels for all the different teams. So we went to the the one where the Mercedes and the Alpine were staying. Yeah. And McLaren. Yeah. And we went to see if we could like sneak up and see if we can get in the motel in the hotel. And as we're going up to the we're going up to the door, one good guy is like in the doors, but then realizes quickly, like, you can't get in. Like they're gonna ask for ID and whatever. Right. Right. But it's the same time all the team principals are coming out and Total Wolf wa- walked by us all. And it was there was a presence there. Yeah. We were like, oh, it's Toto. It's Toto Wolf. It's Toto Wolf. Don't look at him in the eyes. <laughs> He'll turn you to stone. <laughs> Don't look at him in the eyes. Like, it was freaky. You like bow a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh. It's like, I've your gaze. I've your gaze. Let yeah. him get his Mercedes. Yes. It was very intimidating. That's awesome. My favorite thing about it, though, is that he's like so intimidating. And then like you hear him on the radio to Lewis and it's like, is a crappy circumstance and yeah. you know but Lewis you drove great we'll get it next time we'll Lewis. get it next time and we'll get I know that you're very disappointed the car's like, not there Lewis it's okay yeah but then like you hear him get on the radio to Michael Massey <laughs> no Michael no you know he's, he's a little he's one way with Lewis oh yeah no Lewis it's okay it's no problem it's oh no he's, problem. A, he's I, for some reason turning a Latino just now yeah, I have yeah. a little bit of a hard time you not doing it. that it's in the blood it's like me and I go straight to Scottish Australia yeah, like yeah. we're talking about <laughs> my accent sucks but then you get to the no Michael because he's just not the driver not the team but I do think not that like there's this. like you know we do almost expect a like yeah 
Well, and he's he's ruled as with, he walks past. He's you ruled know? with an iron fist for these last what call it six seven years. I As, mean, I, I always call it a decade because they feel like yeah the turbo just, era. Yeah, just yeah. throw it in there. But hey, kudos from like a business perspective. Admire the hell out of him. Like he has established so much in such little time with Mercedes, and just amazing. And I feel I love like that. he and Nikki Lauda really jive yeah, well together absolutely and, and they and built Nikki's, an insane dynasty and nikki nikki's the reason lewis went there right nikki knew what was coming he knew what toto was building and he's he sold that vision to lewis and i'm glad he did yeah so because you got to remember lewis joined in the v8 era when mercedes sucked yeah when michael schumacher never got a win with mercedes you and know, he so. was disappointed with ron and mclaren yeah. and kind of took a leap of faith and who would have known then oh it was like everybody's like he made the worst call of his career and yet here it is the best so for anyways, sure so. no but I, great conversation so here here's another question for you then what are your kind of predictions for the remainder of the year is red bull just running with this does mercedes come out of nowhere because they've been so consistent oh i think i think we've seen some of that i think we've seen it already like to get the momentum that they got before the summer break is huge like it they're is. gonna come back so invigorated and so ready i'm talking about mercedes here right they're they're going to be a true contender, and they're only a few points from a, the manufacturer perspective behind Ferrari. Like right. this is Ferrari's championship to lose, and I hate to say it as a Ferrari fan that they've kind of already decided to lose it. You right. Know, the drivers' championship. I think I, I I really struggle to see anybody really catching Max. He's already what three races in terms of points total ahead of Charles Leclerc. Right. So I th I think I don't know. I, I unless you know the Honda engines come back to haunt Red Bull. I just don't think there's any really catching them. That's kind of the bit that I feel like maybe there's something there. And yeah. again, I'm like, I'm a little bit of a pessimist in this way just because of the strength and the power of Total Wolf and his minions. Yeah. It seems as though that like Mercedes momentum right now, they haven't won a race. No. But something that's so interesting is that George, Rus George Russell's only retired from one. One. And he's been top five in every race. And so there's something scary to Mercedes right yeah. now because their reliability has been unbelievable. Yep. And Red Bull and Ferrari have been extremely volatile. Yep. And kind of to the point earlier, I think Christian Horner said this earlier in the season that he'd rather win races and have a fast car than like this boring, reliable, not winning car. Right. But I think he might eat his words by the end of the year. Yeah, I don't think that's going to age well. Yeah, if this car gets them to the front yep. and the Red Bull's still struggling for reliability. So yeah. I don't know if it's de decided quite yet. I know that you're right. I feel like... Max couldn't necessarily lose that big of a lead. Yeah. But we've seen it. Yeah. So I don't know. It and these, these cars already, are great this year. They're he's had, so much fun to watch. And he's already had three DNFs, right? Max, I think, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, it, it could very well happen. A Ferrari, we know the V2 of their engine sucked. We saw, what, four of their cars go out in one race with the new engine. Mm. So my hope is the engineering crew has gone back to fix that. The other hope is they actually fire the entire strategy crew mm. and recruit someone from Mercedes, you know, or so Red this is, uh, <clears throat> I mean, a thought that I've kind of had is the strategy that bad as a newcomer. That's all I hear is strategy sucks. Strategy sucks. I've seen the weird pit calls to come yeah. to the pit, but like as someone who probably doesn't get strategy very well yet, is yeah. it really that bad? I think if you guys remember the, the post race, like cool down room for the last race where it was uh -huh. Hamilton, Russell, and Max. Max, yeah. And they were looking at the replay board and there right. was Charles Leclerc 
and Max goes, he's on the hard tire. He asks, yeah. he asks, uh, I think Russell and, and Hamilton and they both laugh and say, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and they laugh. Yeah, that's I think good... that was the very, like the telling moment that you can tell like, oh, wow. Even the drivers for the other teams know that the strategy sucks. So with gotcha. Ferrari, if you look at the like free practice one, I think, and free practice two is where they burn through their allotment of mediums for the weekend. So they are already screwed oh. Charles Leclerc and already committed to this 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 medium, hard, soft. I think oh. the soft was like a last second decision. They just I think they were kind of gonna go for that type of one stop, maybe two stop if they needed plan. And oh. and they even you know someone called that out in the post race interview too, and it was really telling. So mm. yeah, it's it, it's there, there's a lot of components to it because you only get a certain amount of tires per weekend. Yeah, you know, of each compound. I forget that. I forget and so that. So if you if you scrub one in, uh-huh. then you and if you do too many laps on it, it's burned for the race. Dang. You can't really do it. So where do you see Haas <clears throat> finishing? In the total championship? Yeah, where do you see it? End of oh. the year. Where's Haas at? I mean, where are they at right now? They're like sixth, seventh. Sixth or seventh, seventh right now. I mean, they're they're legit contender against McLaren and Alpine if they can mm. if they can keep it going. Like they've they've got the pace. I love K Mag. I freaking love. He's like when you talk about Daniel Ricardo, I see. I think of K Mag. Like K Mag's mm. one of those racers. Like <laughs> think about what he said to Nico Hulkenberg, <laughs> and that is just K Mag to a. a, a a T. He doesn't mm. care who you are. He's going to race you, you know. And I love that about him. And Mick is really starting to channel his abilities. Yeah. And so I, I think they could, you know, maybe jump up to fifth. Cool. I think Very we could cool. see a fifth, fifth place finish. We have a podium, a podium out in the ether, and then more points finishes. I see him climb. Yeah. And especially as McLaren continues to reverse engineer their success. So I think <laughs> they're just going the wrong way. Oh so, man, dang it! You know. But yeah, I love I love the sport. It's a great time to be a fan. Great time to have a team and a driver that you like. And but the fun thing is have multiple drivers, mm. you know, and follow them. I hope Danny Rick lands somewhere nice and with a decent car. But we'll see. We'll see. The next race is Spa. Yes. Um, Spa Frankenstein. Now you guys might remember I was looking up Spa highlights today to be like, what's the next race? And Kevin Magnuson has crashed at Spa. He drove for Renault. And Crash a Spot, do you remember this happening? Speaking of Kevin Magnuson. K-Mag at Renault. Crashing, crashing. at that famous corner at Arouche. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember Romain Grosjean crashing Fernando Alonso out and getting a one-race ban because of it. <laughs> and uh, and Fernando Alonso, or excuse me, Lewis Hamilton giving him the your crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. Uh, finger at his helmet. Full send in the turn one. Yeah, yeah. so if we'll, we'll post this clip in the uh, in the show notes That was Spa, here. right? Am it I was Spa. Correctly? Yeah, okay. So as, and, and for the listeners who haven't seen a race at Spa, the starting grid, they drive off into the sunset here when they drop the lights. Yeah. But the first corner is a very hard stop hairpin. Like tight 90. And you're going uphill into the corner and then you're going downhill out of the corner. Right. So it's a very weird yeah. like drop off camber. But it's wide. Hairpin turn. So you, it, yeah. it invites people to send it. There's really only one apex, but right. the temptation is there. Right. And uh, Roman being Rogro, Rogro, and sending it too deep, taking out two of the championship contenders in one S- one corner, flew into this corner a little too hot. And also a few years ago, uh, Fernando Alonso got punted from the rear mm-hmm. from I think Hulkenberg in the <clears> Renault, 
and then went over the top of Charles Leclerc, who was in a Sauber. Yep. So Spa usually has some opening lap drama. Oh, yeah. And oh, and it, even after Aja Rouge, which is just an amazing corner of compression and off-camber turn, that straightaway after that, it, it, it's like, I always mix mix it up with Le Mans. I want to say the Molson straight, but that's yeah. Le Mans. Um, that corner after that main straight is amazing. That's always hot too. Lewis Hamilton lost his brakes there one year and went through the signs. Him and Nico Rosberg got into each other that the year they were battling. And they both got flat tires from that. It's such a great race. Sebastian got Lewis back on one of his races at <clears throat> the top of that hill as well. And yep. one of my favorite moments in, in I think it was qualifying yeah. in F1 history is there's this clip and it's so good. But Kimi Raikkonen, there's this plume of smoke at the top of Eroge. And he just doesn't care. No. Flat through a rose all the wow. way up at the top of the hill and he gets pole. And it's just, there's just a plume of smoke. He has no idea what's on the other side. And he just drives right through it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's a great track. It's one of my favorite tracks. In fact, one of my good friends is going there. So nice. maybe we'll get some sweet footage I'll share with you guys. He's he's going to be in the, like it's an actual experience that he got. So it's, it's going to be pretty amazing. Very cool. Well, fun race to look forward to. Yeah. That'll be a great re-entry back into the latter half of the season. Yeah. Uh, we'll start wrapping this up. Well, Brandon, thanks for being our Haas fan representing Ferrari Thank this you. week. Thanks for having me. Th- you're you're welcome back anytime. Glad that Mike had a friend who knew what he was talking about. But to a degree. Like I'm the 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 comments on this are gonna be Brand Brandon's Ferrari history is way off. <laughs> but I'm still a fan. I just may not know everything. It's nothing different than just me in general. That's why okay, I, that's why go. I love TikTok and the yeah, Instagram reels. Yes. It's the audit police. Yes, I look forward to being corrected, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember to please send us emails or send us messages on Instagram. Follow us. Uh, rate us on Spotify. Share us with all your friends. Um, and then join us next week. Thank you. That's one small podcast. You have to do the timing belt service on a 355.